0: you are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the bible baptist church in marysville california we hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message and the horseman thereof and he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two Pieces. So Enoch and Elijah are the only two individuals that are in Scripture uh, that have it has been recorded that they did not die. Now they almost always say it was Moses, and the uh, the fact of that. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four. Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four. You know, as we make us as we make decisions in the Bible we want to make sure that we we have have looked at the Bible enough to say this makes sense now could I completely be wrong absolutely God is going to do what God wants to do Uh, but as I look at this as an ignomatic or a mysterious witness that has been unnamed Uh, then we can look at that mystery and say, okay, what pieces can we put together to figure out who these might be and who these might not be? Uh, So, Deuteronomy chapter 34, let's look at verse 1. Deuteronomy 34, 1, God bless you. Uh, And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho, and the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea, and the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of the palm trees unto Zoar." And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth Uh, his sepulcher unto this day and Moses was 120 years old when he died his eyes was not dim nor his natural force abated now as I said God can do anything that he wants to do uh, but as I look at this these two witnesses uh, I see that Moses did die God recorded his death And so uh, for there to be two witnesses that are going to die in this passage of Scripture, I believe that they are individuals that had yet to die uh, because we still would have uh, two that need to die to fulfill uh, Hebrews chapter number 9. And so we're going to look at these uh, two witnesses here tonight. So Revelation, back to Revelation Uh, chapter number 11 Revelation chapter 11 and let's look at verse number one again and we'll start going through this passage these first 14 verses and there was given me a reed like unto a rod and the angel stood saying rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein but the court which is without the temple leave out And measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies and if any man will hurt them he must in this manner be killed these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all the plagues as often as they will and so first we're going to look at the mystery uh, the, uh, or the ministry of the witnesses the ministry of the witnesses now uh, the ministry of these witnesses they were prophets so they were prophesying they were bringing forth a message from God a prophet was one that foretold coming events uh, and when we look at this I believe these are uh, prophets as in Old Testament times uh, that would be be foretelling events to come uh, and so we know uh, that uh, these were giving a message uh, a uh, prophetical proclamation of God's uh, God's message to the people uh, during the tribulation period now this is during the beginning of the tribulation period Uh, The tribulation period is a seven-year period of time. Uh, It is called the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, It is uh, divided into two... Uh, equal divisions of three and a half years each the first three and a half year is called tribulation the second three and a half year is defined and called the Great Tribulation the first three and a half years of the tribulation period is going to be a, a basic time of peace uh, the Antichrist has not been revealed but at the end of that three and a half period at the beginning the first three and a half period uh, he will be revealed and And he will come uh, and there will be great battles uh, here on earth and it will be a time of great tribulation and so uh, this period of time this was the beginning of the tribulation period so these prophets are going to be here uh, and as they come uh, they are going to come and uh, we as believers if you're saved uh, we will not be here during this time. Uh, we believe that the Lord is going to rapture uh, the church out. Uh, and uh, I'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, it, is, it is definitely not. Uh, we don't want to spiritualize the temple here in this passage of Scripture and make it out as though it is the church because the church is not uh, going to be here. Uh, so uh, the, these uh, prophets here... Uh, they are telling of judgment. Uh, not only are they telling of judgment, they are sending judgment. They are, they are giving as oft as they would they are turning water to blood. Uh, they are bringing the plagues. Uh, there was a great power that they had. Uh, the rain they could make it cease to rain. Uh, the water to blood, plagues as often as they would. So uh, these these prophets uh, were prophets. These witnesses were bringing. Judgment uh, upon uh, the uh, the nation of Israel, and during this time, so we see the uh, we see first of all the prophecy was was a prophecy of judgment, but the place the place of this judgment is a place called the Holy City. Uh, so this is referring to uh, Jerusalem. It is the Holy sim- uh, City. Uh, Jerusalem is where the temple of god is Uh, and when when john here was given a rod to measure he was given a job to do to measure out uh the the uh, temple itself and so uh here we we have the temple in the temple you had the holy place you had the holy of holies and then you had the courtyard now anybody was allowed into the courtyard but only the priests were allowed into the temple. Uh, it was a sanctified place. Uh, and so uh, the exception was that courtyard. And, and here, as John was given this job to go and to measure. The 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 holy temple uh, in the holy city he was told to leave the the courtyard out uh, it was not a part of uh, what was uh, going to be uh, to be uh, uh, measured out uh, the holy place was for true worshipers uh, and 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 during this first part of the tribulation there will be worship uh, at the temple uh, but it's not the church. Uh, you have to. You have to remember. Go to Ephesians chapter number two, if you would. Uh, but when we look at the church, the church, there is no division between the Jews and the Gentiles. As believers, uh, there is no separation. Uh, but here, there is a very distinct separation. Ephesians chapter two. Look at verse number eleven. We'll read down to verse number fifteen. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, Ye who were sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord, and He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Uh, The church is not separated. The church is to be unified. Uh, there is no Jew uh, or Greek or Gentile. Uh, we are all one. So here, when we look at this uh, in, the, in the old Testament, or look at here in Revelation 11, uh, we see that uh, this division of the temple and the courtyard, the separation of the Gentiles, uh, God is defining who is his and who is not. There's a separation that God is making here. And it's not just a a separation of who was his and who was not, but also what belonged to him. Uh, The temple is God's. And it belongs uh, to him. Uh, And so, uh, since the church here is not uh, separated and the church has been uh, raptured out, uh, we don't believe that we are going to be a part of the tribulation period uh, because of the judgment and wrath. Uh, Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 9. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 9. We good with all the Bible verses tonight? All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, and uh, let's look at verse number 9. The Bible says, For God hath not appointed us unto what? But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Uh, God does not and has not appointed us believers unto wrath. There is a difference between chastening and wrath. Uh, God chastens every son whom he receiveth, he tells us. Uh, As a child of God, God will chasten us. But God does not uh, pour out his wrath on his children. We have not been appointed unto wrath. Uh, The time of Jacob's trouble is a time of wrath. It is The tribulation is a time of wrath. And God has not appointed us unto rest. So uh, we we believe that that is not about us at all. So the measuring of the temple here also, as I stated, is referencing ownership or boundaries. And you measure or have property lines or marking lines uh, for uh, what you own. And here John was given a direction by God to take a rod and to measure out the temple, uh, and it was stating what God owns. uh, Psalm 24, 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. 1 Corinthians 10, 26, For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, we know that Satan is the God of this world, but do not be discouraged. God still is in control god is still in control he owns everything and and whether or not it appears as though satan is running free and he is to a certain extent god he is still having to give him uh, authority or rights to be able to uh, to move and to act uh but uh it is only a temporary status Uh, He is not in control, God is in control. No matter what happens in Washington, D.C., God is in control. No matter what happens down here in Sacramento, God is in control. And believer, we don't want to get, get our eyes off of that uh, because it may wax worse and worse as God said it was going to do. And we may find ourselves uh, in times of uh, uncomfortableness. And uh, he said, yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We know that that is the case. Uh, and so, uh, but we see here, Uh, the the uh, uh, the ministry of these witnesses and they were bringing judgment Uh, and this ministry was a ministry that was uh, for a period of time uh, and it was 42 months now if you take 42 months uh, and you times that by 30 days in the month you will get 1260 days Uh, 1,260 days is three and a half years. 42 months is three and a half years. So their ministry was for a 42 month period. It was during that first three and a half months, or three and a half years uh, of that tribulation period, the first half uh, of the tribulation. So we see the ministry of the witnesses. Secondly, let's look at the martyrdom. Of the witnesses, the martyrdom of the witnesses. Look at verse number seven, Revelation eleven, uh, Revelation eleven seven. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them." and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Uh, So here we see the time of this martyrdom. Uh, And look with me there again at verse number seven. It says, and when they shall have finished. When they shall have finished. You know, nothing is gonna happen to any of us until God is finished. That's a, that's, that is worth rejoicing about. That is something to, to rejoice in. Uh, you know, with, with all the, uh, the pandemic that we had and uh, the uh, uh, people with, with COVID and the fear that has, has been there. And uh, the reality is, uh, if God wants to take us, He'll take us by COVID or He'll take us by cancer. He'll take us by a car wreck. He'll take us in our sleep. We don't know how our day is going to end and when our life is going to end, but it is not going to end until it's finished. God has a plan for you and for me. Uh, He has a plan for our life. Uh, And with that, uh, a God who has a plan, there are no surprises to Him. COVID did not show up on scene as a surprise to God Almighty. And and these two witnesses, though they are going to uh, get to a place where there is uh, actual martyrdom and they are going to lose their life, they did not lose their life until God was finished uh, with them. There was a time frame when they have finished their testimony. Uh, The work of God will not be cut short. The work of God will not be cut short, praise the Lord. Uh, You know, no matter what goes on here in America, The work of God will not be cut short. Uh, It might not come together how we thought. It might not turn out how we anticipated or how we dreamed. But we do have a God uh, who is still working. He is still on his throne. And these prophets, uh, these two witnesses, uh, they are going to lose their life and it is going to be a martyr's death. But it will not be until their testimony was finished. Uh, So this time of labor uh, those three and a half years, those 42 months, those uh, 1,203 score days, uh, that 1,260 days, uh, that was the time of their labor uh, during this event, this witnessing. Now, uh, there was not only time, there was uh, a terror uh, this was the beginning of the great tribulation period. So we are finishing the first part of the tribulation, the end of their life. It is going to be the bringing forth of the Antichrist. Uh, he is coming up out of the beast, is coming up out of the, uh, the pit. Uh, and, and so now we see that uh, great tribulation is about to begin. So the second half of Daniel's 70th week is about to begin here uh, with the death of these two witnesses. Uh, and so the beast, the Antichrist, is going to be revealed. Uh, he is going to come, and he will be in power, and he is going to want to take over the temple. Uh, and for him to take over the temple, the prophets have to be gone. A- and God has given Satan power over them uh, to, uh, to fulfill Uh, this part of uh, his plan, the great tribulation period. Go to Revelation 13 and verse number 4. Revelation 13, 4. Revelation 13, 4. And the Bible says, And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? And so here, uh, the power that God has given to him, uh, no man is able to make war against them. And so these two prophets then are going to die. Uh, So we see the time, uh, the three and a half years. We see the uh, terror here. It's a great tribulation. The travesty, look at verse number eight of Revelation 11. The travesty here. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. So this holy city, it was a city that had been turned over to immorality, ungodliness of Sodom, uh, spiritually called. Uh, And so here we know that uh, this is an analogy that God has given to us. It's symbolic. Uh, And Egypt, Egypt is a picture of the world. And so it's a picture of ungodly world worldliness and Jerusalem has become uh, an unholy city it's not the holy city uh, in action Uh, it was a holy city in name only Uh, and so it was a wicked city Uh, and it says where also our Lord was crucified Uh, so we know that they were still talking about uh, Jerusalem And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put into graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth." So there was no rest or burial for these two witnesses. Uh, when they died, they were left in the streets of the city for three and a half days. Some uh, theologians uh, were saying that uh, they believed that the uh, that these two prophets were there for three and a half years. Uh, I think God has an idea of what a day is and what a year is. Uh, and so uh, whether or not that three and a half uh, days uh, was referencing the first three and a half years or that there was going to be death for the second three and a half years, uh, I don't know. I think that would be a symbolic idea of what that would represent. Uh, but we, I do believe that it, it was three and a half uh, literal days that these bodies were, were there. Uh, and there was no rest. There was no recognition for their righteousness. Uh, There was just enmity. There was anger. Uh, Isn't it amazing? How can the world hate people who are righteous? Why is it that there is such indignation for someone who does right? Yet the world hates us. And the world hated these two prophets... And they were, they were referred to that they tormented them. You know what? The testimony of a believer is torment to the ungodly. A godly testimony is torment for those that are not living right. You don't have to say anything uh, about somebody else's sin. You just have to stand for righteousness, and it will bring condemnation. It will bring uh, conviction uh, to the heart of people. It will bring that condemnation uh, to where there is an attitude of anger and enmity toward us. And these two prophets, it was not just that they had an idea of enmity. When they died... The people threw a party. How ungodly can a place be? There was, as one commentator wrote, it was a satanic Christmas. They were giving and exchanging gifts, rejoicing over the death of these two prophets. You know what? The ungodly might rejoice now, but there's coming a day when they will not rejoice. There is coming a day when all of the unrighteous acts and all of the un- injustice, it is going to be made right. We have a God who is a just God. And he will make everything right. But the wicked rejoice in the death of these two witnesses. Uh, the uh, parting and the ex- exchanging of gifts... Uh, They were rejoicing in that. Uh, And the devil in his crowd are against God and all that stand for him. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.12, I quoted it a little bit ago. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, And so uh, if if you face persecution in your life uh, for representing the Lord, uh, you're in good company. You're in good company, and uh, God God knows uh, what we go through. Uh, and so here we see the martyrdom of the witnesses. Lastly, uh, we see the resurrection of the witnesses. Uh, look with me back, Revelation 11 and verse number 11. Revelation 11:11. 11, 11. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven, saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and the enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And the earthquake were slain of men, 7,000, and a remnant were affrightened and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe was past, and behold, the third woe cometh. And so here we have that three and a half day period. That period is over, and now God is going to bring them uh, alive again. Uh, they w- were dead, and now they're going to be made alive again. Life is of the Spirit of God. God is the giver of life and and the devil can't stop God. we, we look at the scripture where it says uh, grave where is thy sting death where is thy victory and the the uh, sting of death has been removed. Uh, And so uh, the devil, though, he is a robber and a thief, and he steals, he destroys. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Uh, And he said, I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Uh, You know what, young people, the devil has nothing to offer you. He has a lot of glimmer and a lot of, uh, of uh, things that he puts out to entice. Uh, but what he will pay with is counterfeit. Uh, he is a robber. He is a destroyer. Uh, and you will not find any joy uh, in the life uh, outside uh, the uh, Christian life. And so here we see these, uh, these two witnesses. Uh, we see the great voice of heaven, verse 12. Come up hither, that, that phrase come up hither is often used as though it was a, uh, a, a call for the rapture. Uh, but that, that term is never used uh, tied to the rapture. Uh, John, uh, when he was going, John chapter, or in Revelation 4, when God was revealing uh, the uh, revelation to John, he said, come up hither. Uh, this is the only other time that that scripture is used in the New Testament uh, here, and it is referring to these two witnesses coming up hither. Uh, the only, there is a time in Proverbs... Uh, where the, the phrase come up hither is used, uh, but it has to do with uh, not being proud and uh, being called up hither instead of being put lower in the, in the uh, eyes of the king. Uh, so, so that phrase come up hither uh, is often used as a, uh, as a term that we think about the Lord calling us up, uh, but it isn't. Uh, it's never used that way uh, in Scripture. Uh, so uh, we see here though the judgment uh, and there was judgment that came with the death of these uh, and God called them up uh, and then there was an earthquake and a tenth part of the city had fallen and seven thousand men died, seven thousand men. Now, when we we look through the book of Revelation and we look through all the trumpets and we look through the death, that has already taken place with the different woes, Uh, here is an additional 7,000 people uh, that that are going to die during this time. Uh, And uh, why was it a seven or a 7,000? Is it the perfect numbers? Number seven is the number of perfection. Uh, And uh, I don't know the significance of the, the number, but what we do know is that God is going to judge unrighteousness. He is going to judge unrighteousness. And one day, we will see his justice executed. You know, Revelation and the ministry of these two witnesses, it's encouraging to me. And the reason it's encouraging to me is because God's going to win. And if we're on the Lord's side, we win. You know, there's, there are some blessings at looking at the end of the book, how it all turns out. And I'm not one when I read a book, I don't ever read the last chapter and then go back through the book. Is there anybody that does that? I've heard of people that do that. All right, there's several here that will read the end of the book and then go back through and read the book. I wanna learn how it's all gonna turn out as it unfolds. But when it comes to this world and it comes to this Christian life where we often feel as though we are on the losing side and no matter what we do, it seems like we can't win. Let me tell you something, we are going to win. Uh, The Lord is the victor and because we are a child of God, we are on victory side and what a blessing that that is. It doesn't mean that we will not have tragedy, it doesn't mean that we won't have sorrow. It doesn't mean that there will not be disappointment or even death. But the evil one is going to be destroyed and God's righteousness will be executed. You know what? We are on the winning side. We go out into battle. Tomorrow, when you go back into the workplace, put on your armor. Why? Because you're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the opportunity to have your word. And I pray that uh, as we study it and open it and and learn, I pray that we will uh, grab some truths that will will just help us to be encouraged as we go uh, through this life that you have given to us. And you have revealed some of these things in end days that we can grab a hold of and see how things are going to turn out. And I pray that you would help us to be encouraged by that. And so I pray that you'd work now. Thank you for your goodness. Uh, Work now in this invitation. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.